Thank you for tuning in to the Crossover Podcast. We hope this message inspires you and grows your faith. To learn more about Crossover, visit our website at crossovernorman.com or find us on Facebook and Instagram at Crossover Norman. Enjoy the message. Hello, how's everyone? If you love Jesus, say I do. Man, this house is packed. This is what I'm talking about. College kids love Jesus, don't they? I'm so glad you're back in Norman. It just doesn't feel right without traffic, right? I'm so thankful that y'all are back helping me practice my patience with my road rage, all right? Nothing like 30,000 students coming back and sitting on your Instagram with a green light. Really appreciate it, guys. Uh, Something was great yesterday. I don't know if you were in here, but I'm driving away from Campus Corner, and one of you managed to back into someone next to you on on the main drag. So if you're there, I mean, I'm like, that's impressive bad driving, right? (laughs) So I feel sorry. I was like, well, that just ruined your day. So Um, how was your Christmas break? Good? Great? How was your spring break? Was that good too, right? (laughs) Too soon? Too soon? You know, usually you come back spring broke, so maybe that's, that saved you, all right? Maybe saved you a couple bucks. How, be honest, how many is still going to do something for spring break? Raise your hands. That's what I thought. Everybody's like, do I say something? Do I not? Like, am I going to get kicked out of school, right? Maybe. Um, guess what this month marks? Five years of crossover. Come on now. Man. It is truly unbelievable just to think back on what all God has done in this ministry, and I am so appreciative of everybody along the way, and uh, man, it's truly humbling just to be a part of this, and I'm telling you, crossover is not crossover without you guys. You guys make crossover, and um, man, we are just so thankful, but also what does today mark? Well, today is February, and for those of you who have been a part of Crossover in the part of the past couple years, you have noticed that February is Relationship Month, right? Come on now. Uh, all the boyfriends that didn't see the Instagram post that have their girlfriend here are like, oh crap, oh man, oh Brent, hey, every time Brent preaches, somebody breaks up, oh my goodness, right? <laughs> Not just one, all right? Not just one people bring up. Just kidding. But seriously, like 12. But, um, oh, man, story after story. So, yes, I'm excited for tonight. We're going to kind of ease our way into the relationship series, okay? It's been a while. Uh, I think we finished great with such a great, awesome experience last semester with our baptisms. Um, That is something that we're going to continue to do. So, please keep that in mind. I'm excited about that. But... Uh, if you have no, if you follow us on Instagram, uh, you've noticed that we have labeled this relationship series called Chips. You're welcome. Yes, it is a word play, and I'm excited about that because we're going to look tonight. We're going to look at three the next couple weeks. Tonight we're going to look at how to build a ship. Next week we're going to look how to navigate a ship, and the last week is still a working title, but we're either going to learn how to land or dock a ship. All right, I'm excited about it. But I've been, in, I've been in love with boats and ships pretty much my whole life. I grew up fishing and skiing and tubing on boats. And um, about five years ago, I, 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 I went to my wife and I begged her, hey, I think it's time for us to get a boat. And she's like, no, boats, no, right? 
Not like that because she's beautiful. She's like, no, honey, right? And anyways, somehow I begged enough and convinced her that we could, should get a boat. Now listen, this boat cost me $400. So if this tells you anything about this 1988 baby blue boat, excited about it. Buffed it the first, first week. Man, those seats were torn up. I, I redid those seats with the best duct tape that Walmart would sell me. I tried to match it. It looked great, right? Well, one summer, we decided to take this out for the 4th of July, and we were going to bring her parents and her sister and her, her husband, and we're going to go fish. Or we're going to go ski and tube and have fun during the day, and then that night, we're going to take it out and watch the fireworks. Sounds awesome, right? So we take old Blue out, and... We back her up, and I take her out on the lake, and man, ripped all 150 horses. That baby was purring like a kitten. I mean, oh, I was like, oh, I'm living the dream right now. Stop it in the middle of the lake, put the old brother-in-law and sister-in-law on the tube, and I'm like, you know what? They've kind of annoyed me lately. It's time, to, it's time to humble them, right? No greater way to humble somebody than on a tube, right? Rip all 150 horses, man, just cruising. I'm about to hit that first turn. I'm about to whip it, all right? About to whip it hard. And I go and I whip, and it, all 150 horses went down to about five horses. And it was like, blah, 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 blah. I mean, it sounded like, like cannons going off in the back engine. And I am going crazy. I'm like ripping the engine cover off. I'm looking at all the wires. I don't know what's going on. Like, I mean, the, it's just making noises. It won't go anywhere. My father-in-law is like giving me like the, okay, cool boat look, right? And I'm like, what am I supposed to do? I'm so, like, I'm, I'm the boat guy, right? Couldn't figure it out. So I had to pull in my aunt, my brother and sister-in-law in, you know, the pool of shame, right? Pull them in. And he gets in, he goes, Brent, we're not only having engine problems, but look in the back, we had about like eight to nine inches of standing water that was rising. And I was like, uh-oh, turn the bilge pump on. Well, of course the bilge pump doesn't work. It hasn't, rain, it hasn't been raining in like 20 years. Great. Okay. I was like, everybody get to the front of the boat. And like, turn the, turn the engine on. And we, I mean, I ripped that thing four miles an hour back to the dock. And I was like, dear Lord, do not let me sink this boat in the middle of this lake. Like, please. Like, this would be the most embarrassing thing. We make it back. I back the trailer up. The trailer falls apart. I have to get the duct tape. Duct tape the trailer back together to get the boat on there. It was an absolute nightmare. Like, nightmare. Drag the boat back to, um, to the house and when I started to evaluate the boat and really inspect it, I noticed that whoever did the interior before, 25 years ago, had ran 12 screws all the way through the boat. And there was 12 screw holes that had not been filled properly, right? Then I go and I look at the engine and there's like four or five or six fuel lines that had been totally rotted through. You know, I could have done a lot more inspection before getting on the boat. To avoid a disaster. Students, uh-oh, what? <laughs> Get where I'm going with this yet? <laughs> Students, I could have done a lot more inspection, and I think that many of us in here are jumping into relationships right now that are not seaworthy. We're not doing our due diligence on building these ships right, and then when we take them out for a cruise, they end in disaster. They are also letting us 
down. They also have holes in them. They also have bad power supplies. And tonight, I just want us to look at a simple scripture. All right, can we just kind of ease our way in tonight? Let's, we're going to be preaching a little bit, all right? But not, not, I mean, we're not going to be knocking you out of the park here. But let's look at some scripture tonight that is going to allow us to build the right relationship and to inspect the ship before we jump into it. Does that sound, sound fun to you? Who's got a Bible? Who still reads their Bible, right? Come on now. All right. James 1.19 is where we're going to be diving in today. James 1.19 says it this way. Know this, my beloved brothers or sisters. Come on now. Let every person, everybody say every person. person. Let every person be quick to hear, slow to speak, slow to anger. For the anger of man does not produce the righteousness of God. Therefore, put away all filthiness and rampant wickedness and receive with meekness the implanted word which is able to save your soul. Now listen, for some of you, you're either in a relationship, maybe you just got out of a relationship, maybe a lot of us in here are dreaming about that relationship, come on now, you know you dream about it. Some of you can't be single longer than a month, some of you go relationship after relationship after relationship, and some of us are trying to put the sing in single, but it just ain't working, Right? Listen, please listen. I have been doing college ministry for over a decade, and I can tell you the one main cause why relationships don't work. It's when they put feeling over their faith. When their feelings override their faith is when a relationship is not going to work. Oh, but he texted me, though. Oh, man, he gave me those eyes, though, right? Oh, she gave me a side hug. I'm in love. I'll do anything for her, right? I'll drop out of college, right? That makes sense. When your feelings override your faith, it is like jumping into a 30-year-old boat thinking it's going to work when you haven't even inspected it. So if I could maybe just maybe tonight, if we could walk away with one theme here, if we could walk away with everything that encapsulates tonight, if we could walk with one theme here, how do we build this relationship? What should we do with all of this? I'm going to ask you tonight to build the relationship on Shekinah. It's like, did he just speak in tongues? Well, maybe, right? (laughs) Shekinah. It means the dwelling place or the presence of God. In the ancient days, in the Old Testament, the Shekinah, the Shekinah glory was, was met in the tabernacle, right? If you wanted to go find the dwelling place of God, if you wanted to experience God, if you wanted to feel the presence of God, you had to go to the tabernacle to experience him. But guess what happened? He sent his son named Jesus to come and die for our every sin. And if we trust in Jesus with our life, he came and tore the veil to where we can have the dwelling place of God in our life. We can experience Jesus anytime that we want because of what he did for us on the cross. What does that mean for us, students? Each of us have a responsibility 
to be in and to present the presence of God in everything that we do. So if we understand that, then let's know this. Whoever we allow in our life, like that of a boyfriend or that of a girlfriend, can either enable or disable the presence of God in your life. So can the person that I am pursuing or the person that is pursuing me keep me in the Shekinah, keep me in the presence of God, keep me aware of what he is doing in and through my life? Or does this person take me away from the presence of God in this moment? Side note here, many of you who have a relationship, I don't think I need to even preach anymore because that question alone might rock your face off. Because you know whether this person keeps you in the presence of God or takes you away. So how do we tear this scripture apart? I'm literally just going to go verbatim off of James here. He lists three things that I believe that we need to evaluate, that we need to inspect to be able to keep the presence of God prevalent in our life. What do we have to do here? He says, first and foremost, one has to be quick to hear. Now, many of us looking at this, well, okay, I got it. Quick to hear, got it, check, right? And you can look at this, you know, what is that, four or five words? You can be like, okay, I look at this. Let me just be honest with you, students. This might be the hardest command for me to follow. No lie, I think it is easier for me to go and make disciples of the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, than it is for me to be quick to hear. But I know me. See, in this situation, what is happening in James is he's writing this letter to the churches that have been dispersed throughout these communities. And what is happening is, is they are facing persecution at this church. And a lot of people are wanting to lash back. They're wanting to get feisty with people. They're wanting to show their own. And what's happening is persecution is happening. All these things are going on. They're kind of losing focus. And now what James is trying to attack is now he's seeing that this fight is starting to become inward. And they're starting to fight with one another another and what is happening is it's starting to create a division where these people are angry and these people are just trying to understand what is going on and there's chaos and there's division now listen i don't know if you've noticed this but our country has been pretty toxic lately can i get amen on that maybe maybe see the world as the bible states is big on one thing, division. They might try to promote it with love, but they always provoke hate and division. You question me on this? Wait, you voted for that guy? You voted, wait, you voted for that? There's no way that you could have voted for that guy because a Christian wouldn't vote for that guy. Oh, you voted for that guy. No, no Christian could vote for that guy. How many Facebook posts have we seen lately where we have seen people criticizing people? We've seen friendships lost. I've even seen families torn apart about what is going on in this world. I've seen people killed or abused over what is happening over the last six months. Never in my life have I seen people say, you know what, if you voted for that person, go ahead and unfriend me because I never could be friends with you. 
Let's not even get started on views of COVID and what has happened over the last 12 months of people losing jobs and losing their homes and just chaos, 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 and everything is in a panic. We don't know what to do. We don't know where to go. We don't know how to handle this. Even your parents have probably felt some of this pressure. And students, I'm a little nervous to say this because once I say it, I've said it. You're welcome. You can probably figure that out about one o'clock this morning. I think that we're only hitting the tip of the iceberg of chaos. Now here's why I say this, because I'm not a big mathematician. I was horrible at school, but I, was, I paid attention in Bible class because I went to Bible college. You're welcome, right? Here's why I think this is the tip of the chaos, because we are not a nation that is turning to God to save our country. And we are relying on a government to save our country. And I'm telling you, it just never has worked out that way in the thousands of years past, has it? Chaos. Now, I'm not making this a political sermon. All y'all, we can loosen up a little bit, breathe, all right? It was like, well, he, did, he, did he talk about political? Did he pick my side? Who did he vote for? Uh, guys, I, I really wanted to vote for Kanye. I thought he was going to be great, right? <laughs> this is why I bring this up. I promise you that there's going to be chaos in this world. I promise you it is going to be hard to be a devout Christian in this world. I promise you it is going to be hard for us. And this is why I bring it up. Wouldn't it make more sense to have someone do it by your side that promotes the presence of God in their life and they can bring you along, they can bring you up, they can bring you to the glory of God in the face of this chaotic world? Relationships are important. Have someone help you along the way rather than hurt you along the way. So what does quick to hear mean? It means that Someone who takes everything that is going on in the chaos and they take it back to scripture. So when we're quick to hear something happens and we, we go and filtrate it through scripture to make and saturate it in the truth, saturate it in prayer, saturate it with God's word before we ever do anything to act. That is what it means to be quick to hear. As the psalm says, we have heard, Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. His word is the only way. Students, this is where faith overcomes feeling here. This is where you take everybody's looks off the table. This is where you take their baby blues off the table. This is how they, they smell off the table. This is where you take their guns and their buns off the table, right? This is where you take everything off the table. This is stage one of how do I build this ship? You have to make sure that they are quick to hear the word of God over every aspect of their life. So you're on your first date, take them to Tai Tai because that's going to take you closer to Jesus. You're going to ask for Koi and say, Koi, I want the Brent special, right? She'll say, okay, honey, and she's going to give you the biggest hug. If you need a prayer, she'll pray for you, right? Give you a little kiss on the head. She's the sweetest lady in the world. But you know what? You're just going to have a conversation with them. All right? You're on a date. You're going to talk with them. You're going to talk about everything. You're just going to kind of just be loose. You're going to be relaxed, right? You're not going to think about the future right now. You just want, you're there in the moment. And for goodness sake, 
don't rush it, right? Don't jump into a relationship just because you went on a date, right? Take your time, right? Hey, bro, listen, you're good looking, but I got four other dudes that I'm, I got to tie tie the rest of the week, right? But ask them questions, get to know them, get to understand them, get to see where their heart is, see how their mind is, see if they're, if they're saturated in the word of God. And this is what happens when you're able to relax and take the pressure off of it, is that you allow the spirit to guide you. You allow the spirit to talk to you. And if they have the spirit of God in them, the spirits will connect and God will tell you, hey, you know what, this might be the guy or this might be the girl. Let's, let's ask a couple more questions. Let's maybe hang out a couple more times. I really do believe that Jesus will bring us together. Do we believe that God can tell us who to date, right? Take some daggum time, my goodness. You're like, oh, he texts me, we're dating, right? So we can be quick to hear. What does it say next? That we need to be quick to listen. The words out of our mouth are important because they either describe Jesus or they don't. We hear that the words that come out of our mouth are a reflection of our heart. And listen, I promise you, I promise you, ask the person things about Jesus because if someone who is taking things to Jesus and is spending time with Jesus will be someone who wants to talk about Jesus. And someone that is quick to hear is quick to take it to the word of God and listen to what he has to say before they allow feelings to overrule their life. So if you're quick to hear, then you obviously have to wait to speak. My mama always told me when I was in trouble as a, as a young kid, you can't listen and talk at the same time, right? I didn't really get it until about two weeks ago. I was trying to tell my three-year-old who just Mike Tyson, his younger brother, right in a rib cage. Like, hey, bro, like, this is why you're wrong. He's like, but dad, 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 let me tell you why this happened. I slipped and my fist hit him. Like, he's trying to, like, justify all this. I'm like, no, bro, like, don't talk because I'm trying, I need you to listen to me. Listen, if the Bible has over 30 scriptures on about the words that come out of our mouth, I think it's probably important for us to listen to. See, being slow to speak when something happens isn't you not doing anything. It's not a weakness. It's not becoming a weaker person. It's someone allowing God to, to speak into their life so they know how to speak to others. My wife is a very healthy, conscious person. Love her to death. I mean, if I'm eating like a, like a, like a Brahms or a McDonald's sandwich, she gives me the side eye, right? Because... And then she looks down at my inner tube, gut. So, but if I have a sniffle, she'll make this concoction of like oils and like, like horse manure. I don't know what it is and bruise it up. And I, I drink it. She's like, don't ask what's in it. Right. And like, I drink it. And like three hours later, like I'm healed. Like it's like, I'm, it's magic. I don't know what it is. But one day she, she decided to test our water. And she got the, the kit, she put it under the kitchen spout, and she sent it in, and they sent the results back. And it's unbelievable the amount of chlorine that was in the water. It's like could do an Olympicized pool, like how much chlorine was this. I was like, no wonder my hair's falling out, right? That's the reason. 
I was like, is this the reason why like, my, my teeth glow in the dark? And she's like, maybe, right? Anyways, the next day we ordered a little Berkey filtration system, all right? It's like the Tesla of, of, of like water filtration systems. It costs about as much as a car as well. But what happens is you put these four or five filters in this water and you pour your water and it filtrates through all this. And this is what she sold me with. She's like, look at this video. This guy takes it out to a lake and like pours lake water in it and it drains out and the dude drinks it. And I'm like, all right, that's pretty cool. Maybe we need to try that, right? I haven't tried it yet. But you put these four or five filters in it and it what it does is the filters that we have, it takes all the harmful metals away, takes all the contaminants away, and then at the bottom of the container has the clean, fresh drinking water for you to, to drink. Students, when you are slow to speak, it's not that you're not doing anything. It's that you're allowing the Holy Spirit to filter out the contaminants in this world and he's allowing to see what is good to say and in in showing you what you don't need to say. Sometimes the, the things that we don't say show how faithful that you are to Jesus. See, Scripture says that a cursing and a blessing come both from your mouth. So be wise. Matthew 15 says, it's not what goes into your mouth that defiles a person, but it's what comes out of your mouth. Ephesians says, let no unwholesome talk come from your mouth, but only what is helpful and building up of others according to their needs, that it might benefit those who listen. Students, when you are inspecting someone, when you are evaluating, when you are building this relationship, inspect to see if their words have been filtered by the Spirit. Because when one has been filtered by the Spirit, it's not what their words don't bring calamity, but it's ones that seek the right words to say, not just to have any words that they can say from the top of their head. Anybody have that friend that you're just like, did you even think of before you spoke, right? So when you're hanging out with your POI, your person of interest, I would listen to a couple things. How they talk to others, how they talk about others, and what their end game is in their conversations. When they're talking to others, are they able to handle themselves even when it gets a little crazy? When it gets a little uncomfortable, do they always promote peace? Do they have a humble approach to people and do they always put themselves below somebody? Because how they approach and how they handle somebody else is going to be reflective on how they approach and how they handle you. So if they don't handle other people with grace, they're not going to handle you with grace. Do they seem like they're superior? Why is this important? Why is this important? When words are filtered by the Spirit, this is what happens is that we are filtered by Jesus. And what happens is the Spirit comes over us and we're supposed to take it to the Word and we're supposed to read about the Word and let the Word penetrate our life. We're supposed to, to learn about Jesus. And what happens in the Word is it says that we are supposed to be like Jesus. And when we become more like Jesus, what did Jesus come to do? He came to, he came to love and to share and to serve people. 
people. He didn't come to slay people. He came to serve people. And we have to become more like Jesus. So how they handle others show, needs to reflect how they serve and how they love others because we have to be more like Jesus. Second is how well do they talk about others. Y'all know my theory on this is I hate gossip. I think gossip is a cancer. And I think gossip is deadly in three ways because it's deadly to you, it's deadly to the person that you are talking to, and it's deadly to the person that you're talking about. And the person that is being a gossip is never filtered in the spirit because it's never going to build up somebody. It's always meant to destroy. So I promise you, please, I think that should be convicting to a lot of us in here. Be mindful of gossip. Lastly, what is their end game? See, we think that evaluating people can be tough. Some of us, we think that it can be tough, and, and I really think it's because we're looking at the wrong things. I think maybe you're like, man, that dude looks good in some sweats, right? Or maybe you guys are like, man, those girls look good in 3X sweatshirts from Crossover. You're welcome, all right? We protect your eyes. And we ran out of mediums, Okay. Here's a good tip. Evaluate their, their conversations. Are they saturated with grace and love and peace? And do their conversations lead towards Jesus? How often do their discussions infiltrate Jesus and talk about Jesus and come around to Jesus? They might go to crossover. They might go to church. They might fool a lot of people. But their conversations and their words can never Go, you can never fool somebody if you pay attention to it. Because we've already learned if they're not talking about Jesus, I can probably tell you that they're not talking to Jesus. Don't build a relationship with someone who is ashamed of Jesus. No one has time for that in this day and age, all right? Because the world isn't ashamed of their sin, we shouldn't be ashamed of our Savior. So find you a man. Or find you a woman who is so madly in love with Jesus that they will shout it from the mountaintops. That they will be able to proclaim it in the streets. That they will show up on Sunday to go to church. That they will go Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and they will proclaim it with everything that they do. Because at the end of the day, our relationships with one another is for one purpose. Our relationships with one another should be reflective on how much we love Jesus. Words are important, but we must be slow to speak so the Spirit can filter what is good and what is not. Lastly, is this. James says, we need to be slow to anger. Whew, come on now. Why does it say that? He gives us the reason. Because the anger of man does not produce the righteousness of God. I rewrote this like 12 ways. I couldn't... Couldn't get one to, to fit. But this is what I, I was like, man, speak from the heart. When looking at this, I think I've got about one minute left. You're welcome. I, th I think the angry people just confuse me. They really do. Someone who is quick to, to, to get angry. Someone who throws a fit. Someone who gets angry quick. It just kind of confuses me because they are very good at making things awkward, right? They don't care. 
They are great at ruining like the fun vibes. Like, hey, dude, we're chilling, right? Like, why? Why, right? Friend vibes? Hey, bro. Like, they can even ruin a church vibe because they throw a fit at church. They threw, just don't care. And this is what I think is happening is that they make everything about them because they want to get their way. And see, people like this, they don't care about keeping the peace. And here's why they get angry. And here's why they're quick to anger. And they have bad anger is because they get angry because they have lost control over a situation or a person. And instead of trusting God or reading the room and realizing, hey, let's not throw a fit here. Or talking and and taking a step back and saying, you know what, Lord, I don't need to have control over this situation. I need to see what's going on. I need to trust that you have control over this. They would rather lose it so they can get somewhat of their control back because if they can get you off of your presence of God, then you can focus on them not being in the presence of God. Students, the quickest way that I have ever lost my presence with God, when I have shelved him, is when I have dated an ex-girlfriend in the past who had a bad temper because it made me not focus on him and it made me focus on her. You want to have a bad relationship with God than have a bad relationship with an angry person. The Bible says it's better like to have a, a woman on the side of a roof than it is to have your wife angry in the house, something like that, something crazy, right? Read the Bible, it's in there. <laughs> but we're gonna talk more about that later. As I close up here, how do we build the ship right. I think that you need to make sure that you find someone that is quick to listen. They are saturating everything that they say in prayer, in love, in biblical wisdom, in biblical words, and that the words that come out of their mouth and make sure that they're slow to speak and, and, the, and the Holy Spirit is filtering out what is good to say and what not to say and it is all consuming by the Spirit and every word of their mouth they're trying to put thought to and their end game is simply this. is It's not to, for people to look at them. It's not for them to tear down other people. It's for them to look at Jesus who is inside of them. We need to find someone who is slow to anger, not losing control, but keeping the peace. Now, I, don't, I think that would be a pretty good start to a good relationship. And I hope that you do take this wisdom because I've seen so many heartaches. I've seen so many divorces. I've seen so many things happen because we put our feelings in front of our faith. Let's pray. Dear Jesus, I want to thank you for such a great and powerful night, Lord. I'm so glad that these students are back, and I, I hope and I pray that we are able to infiltrate this campus. And Lord, I know that one spark could ignite a flame amongst this campus. But Lord, I know what's on the forefront of so many of these students' minds. It is a relationship. And I beg that you bring them relationships. I, be- I beg that you bring someone, the right person, that they're able to inspect them and who they are and how much they love you and that they're able to get into good godly relationships so that they can honor you. Lord, some of us in here, we're missing a relationship. 
It's not with somebody. It's not with that certain someone special, but we're missing a relationship with you. And maybe all of our relationships haven't worked in the past because we haven't started the relationship with you that we need. And if we want to have the presence of God, the Shekinah around us, we need to be sure that we have a relationship with you. Some of us in here, we have had bad six months. We've had a bad, a bad year. We've had a lot of bad things happen to us, but we need something. We need a change in our life. And Lord, I, my ask and my beg is that they come up front and they realize that they need you, that they ask Jesus for the forgiveness of their sins and they know that he came and he died for us on the third day and that he rose again to conquer everything everything and we can start that relationship before we start any other relationship. Lord, let us finish tonight. Let us focus on you. Let us come down to the prayer team. If we need to say anything down up front, if we need to have anybody up top, let them come to the prayer team to be able to lay it down at their at your feet and be able to walk away and know that they have given it to you. Lord, be with us tonight. Let us worship with these last couple songs for your name.